This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. Welcome to Dollars and Cents. I'm Elaine Scollin, along with Blair Manton from Sands & Associates. They're experts in helping you get out of debt. Well, Blair and his team from Sands & Associates have a really great segment here. It's the 10 Do's and Don'ts to help you better manage your debt and avoid some of the common pitfalls that everyone experiences when it comes to borrowing. So, Blair, I know you talk to people all over the province every day who are seeking debt help. What kind of situations usually lead folks to you? You know, Elaine, for the most part, it's the unexpected. You know, a lot of people, they're generally doing just fine. They might have a little bit of debt, but they feel okay. They're managing it. They're making the minimum payments. But then something happens. You know, it's typically the life events. It could be a loss of income. It could be an illness or an injury um, or a relationship ending where you've got to reestablish perhaps two households from one before. Uh, You know, those types of life events, you know, most folks are dealing without having significant savings, without having an emergency fund. So when there's a shock to the system, it can really put people into a tough spot. And I'm excited for today because we're going to go through 10 really key do's and don'ts. We're going to get them done relatively quickly, but hopefully give a lot of value to the listeners here. Uh, And let's jump in. Okay, so number one, what's the number one thing that people should pay attention to? You know, I think the first thing is a do, and it's be careful who you take debt advice from. And, you know, many, many of us have really well-meaning, well-intentioned friends, family members, you know, maybe we know someone who's an accountant or somebody who's a lawyer, but you really have to realize um, that unless you're dealing with a licensed insolvency trustee, uh, you're not dealing with someone who can give you the best advice possible in your situation. Um, So, you know, oftentimes people come to us and they've taken the wrong actions and they've actually put themselves in the worst situation because somebody has said to them, you know, cash in this investment or, you know what, go get a co-signed loan with your parents, for example. Uh, We'll talk about why those are our problems, but the really important thing is if you're finding yourself in the midst of a debt storm, you've really got to know who you can trust, who you can go to for advice, and be very careful if you're getting advice from a lender, from a collection agent, or even, again, from somebody who's very well-intentioned but just might not have the knowledge to help you. Now, I know because this segment is with you, and or the whole show is with you, and being a licensed insolvency trustee, it really makes the most sense that you'd be the first person that uh, makes sense for a person to talk to. Absolutely right, Elaine. And that's one of the, you know, my life's challenges is trying to get people to call us sooner than they think they might need us. You know, sometimes someone will call a trustee uh, when they've already, you know, exhausted a bunch of other options, you know, perhaps delayed it and really suffered for a lot longer than they should. So if your first call is to a licensed insolvency trustee, it's a free call, it's confidential, and you're going to get the rules of the road. You're going to understand exactly what your rights and responsibilities are. And it's with knowledge comes a whole lot more more calmness and a whole lot of a better ability to make good decisions for your financial future. Now, I would think that being organized or getting your stuff organized would be really helpful in any situation, regardless of who you're talking to. 
That's right, Elaine. So that's our second one here. It's a do, and it's do be organized. And, you know, I'm not talking that you need to have spreadsheets, you know, with a ton of different tabs and macros and everything coming together to calculate your interest before the bank tells you what you owe. But as a minimum, you should really be able to take inventory of each of your accounts. What are the account numbers? What's the total balance? What's the monthly payment requirements? And, you know, if even getting to that level uh, is a bit tough because sometimes people just ignore the problem for quite some time. They stop opening their mail. They just don't know where to start. Uh, Where you can start is by getting a copy of your credit history report and just see, you know, does that give you a good base to start to understand your debt? Does it agree with what you think? Are there debts on there that you forgot that you owed? Are there inaccuracies? But you've got to get organized just so you know what kind of a problem that you're tackling. Um, And, you know, if you need help doing that, again, if you reach out to a trustee, we can tell you, here's how you pull your credit. Um, But we've got no greater sources of information than you. It's something the individual uh, is really just going to have to sit down and, and just start on a blank sheet of paper writing out that basic information. And I would think, uh, I mean, we know that we've been doing this show long enough that using credit, credit cards, that kind of thing is, is often the, the, the sort of the vehicle that gets some folks into trouble. So what do you do about that? What do you do with your credit when you're seeking this kind of help? Yeah, this one's a don't, and the don't is don't keep using your credit. So there's the old adage, if you find yourself in a hole, what's the first thing you should do? And it's stop digging. So a lot of folks, when they actually stop using their credit, they start to realize, oh, my God, I'm overspending on a monthly basis. And I had no idea because I was just, you know, paying off this balance with the other card. I had no idea I was actually my budget needed an adjustment. So what I suggest people to do is, you know, put the credit away, even just for a month or two, stop using it, get a sense of your monthly budget. Um, You're really not going to be able to see how you're going to be able to solve the problem if you keep going further and further into debt. And if you're in that situation that you can't figure it out, a licensed insolvency trustee sounds like the very best first step in that case because you need some kind of help and you need to be able to trust that help. Absolutely. One of the first things we do in a meeting is we sit down and we just start to build up a very basic budget. You know, what's your paycheck? Is it twice a month? Okay. What's your rent? How what's that as a percentage of your income? Um, you know, by looking at that budget, and then we can see, you know, is are you really having a problem because your credit's just too large and all the interest and the payments are putting you behind? Or is it the case you've got to make some hard decisions about where you can cut expenses or increase income to get yourself back into financial solvency? Now, what about savings? I know that Um, it just seems like common sense or a natural thing for people to do to, you know, look at their savings and say, okay, in order to get out of this situation, maybe this is what I should do. Look at my savings, look at my RRSPs. And that's often not the best solution at that point. Yeah, I would say it's never the best solution is to start to cash in your RRSPs to pay your debt. So this is our fourth, and it's a do, and it's do keep your RRSPs intact. Uh, it's over 10 years ago now the federal government changed the laws to protect RRSPs, so they're the same now as a company pension plan. If you have to deal with your debts in either a bankruptcy or a consumer proposal, you're going to keep your company pension plan because that's right and just. You've worked your whole life. You deserve to have those retirement benefits. RRSPs are treated exactly the same, but the exception is you you can't go and cash in your pension plan to pay your debts, but you absolutely can do that to pay. You can cash in your RRSPs, and that almost always puts people in a worse position. They're hit with a tax bill right away. It's usually not enough to solve the debt problem completely. And then where is that money when they need it for retirement? It's gone. So anybody that's considering cashing in your RRSPs, that's one of the most important pieces of guidance I can give. I've never seen a situation where that was the right decision. Okay, and I really good for people to remember that. 
Um, I, I like this fifth one because it really needs an explanation. Don't mistake payments for progress. Yeah, so there's the, the old adage, you know, just because you're doing something, are you really doing anything? Are you making progress? Um, and I'm a little bit cynical sometimes, but, you know, I believe it, it, it's far too comfortable to just continue making the minimum payments on your debt, and all that does is put you further and further into debt. Often, you know, a $6,000 debt can keep you in debt for 40 years if it's on a department store credit card with 29% interest. Even a $1,000 debt can take 10 years to pay off. So if, if you think you're doing well because, oh yeah, I honor all my minimums every month, but you don't look at the statements to say, well, you're on the 70-year payment plan, you've mistaken action for progress, and you really need to focus on what's going to get you out of debt. What about when it comes to filing for your the taxes, the Canada Revenue Agency? How do we deal with that? Is there sort of a, a rule of thumb there? Well, the rule of thumb is to file. Even if you owe money, it's very important that you file your taxes every year. It's really part of your civic duty. And oddly enough, owing CRA money is not as bad of a situation as having a bunch of unfiled tax years. CRA treats that as a worse situation because you're not fulfilling your obligations. Um, it also could be the case you might not get benefits you're entitled to. If you're going to try to apply for credit, they usually need to see your tax returns uh, to assess your income. So you really need to get your tax filings up to date. Um, CRA, I don't compliment them that much, but they've done an exceptional job in giving people online access to all of the tax documents that you might need to file your return. So even if you have nothing, you can get online access through CRA, probably get enough to get yourself caught up for a number of tax years, even without paying an accountant to do so. And, and does that mean if you owe CRA that it still makes sense to do that? Absolutely, especially okay. I would say if, if you owe CRA, because you know that balance might even go down if you file the unfiled years, you know, based on some credits, uh, or even Got if it, it goes up, you can bet CRA probably knows more about you than you think. They're able to get your bank records without you even knowing about it. So there's really no benefit of you trying, you know, to, to stay off CRA's radar. It's better to file every year, and then you know that might trigger you to say, okay, I've got this tax liability. Let me deal with that with all of my other debts. And if you're going to deal with a trustee, part of the trustee's job is to help you get caught up on your taxes so that we deal with the entire debt situation. Got it. Now, you sort of touched on this earlier in the segment about um, looking to friends or family. Uh, and I, let's go over that one a little with a little in a little more depth because it's super important not to do that. Yeah, it, so this is our seventh here, uh, is don't borrow from friends and family or have them co-sign debts. So I know it can be appealing, you know, maybe a child gets into trouble and the parents really want to help them by pay off the debt or, or co-signing a loan. What you need to realize is if you co-sign a loan, you're agreeing to pay 100% of that debt plus interest. It's not a 50-50 liability. Uh, and if you've co-signed a loan for someone, I have people in my office where I would love to be able to do a consumer proposal for them. We'll pay back, you know, a third of the debt, give them a new, new lease on life. But if a parent or a family member has co-signed that debt, they're really held back from proceeding because they know if they do that proposal, the creditor can go to the co-signer to get all the amounts that are unpaid and they don't want to put somebody in a tough situation. So it adds a whole emotional level to what's a financial matter uh, and it's typically a bad idea. You know, if family wants to help you out, what they should do is tell you, okay, get some good advice and if you end up doing a proposal, maybe we can help you with making some payments on that, but nothing that incurs direct liability from another person, a friend or a family member is generally a good idea. Yeah. And I like this. I like number eight. And it's a don't. Don't pay for that advice. And can you explain that one? 
Yeah, this one's pretty simple. Just don't do it. <laughs> you know, if somebody's asking you for money to help you figure out your financial options when it comes to debt, you're probably being taken advantage of. There's no cost to sit down with a licensed insolvency trustee. You know, I typically meet with clients three or four times before we ever execute any formal filings. And a lot of people, after a couple of meetings, they actually don't need my help. And that's just fine. I can refer them to other resources or give them some tools. But you should not be paying anything. You're already in a tough financial situation. If someone wants an upfront fee, uh, you should do your research and figure out what you're getting for it. And usually the answer is you're not getting much that you wouldn't get for free with a trustee. Got it. And um, I like I like your number nine, do value your personal well-being more than your credit score. That's right. So any of our longtime listeners will know that, you know, we subscribe to the proposition here that a credit rating is a terrible barometer of your overall financial health. It's a great measure of how much money you actually make the banks every month because you're paying your interest. But a lot of the behaviors that drive a great credit rating are actually the opposite of what you should do to be getting out of debt. Um, So keep in mind, your credit rating can change over time. It's only important at certain points, maybe if you want to buy a house or a car, if you're building towards those milestones, if you're in debt, it's really difficult for you to save a down payment for a house, you got to deal with that problem first. So preserving your credit rating, usually not the right idea to have overall financial health in the future if you're in debt. And just hit on number 10, and then we'll wrap up this segment. And it's a good one. I'm so thrilled we got through all 10, and it's don't delay seeking help. You know, Elaine, quite simply, I've been doing this work over 13 years now. I've never had somebody say they regret seeking help. I've had almost everybody say they regret suffering, taking so long to reach out for help. So really don't delay if you're suffering. There is help available to get you back on track. Here's the key, and this is the good information for you, to learn about your debt options. And that's really the key here, to, to figure out the best, uh, the best route to take. Connect with a licensed insolvency trustee in one of the Sands & Associates local BC offices. Visit the website, sands-trustee.com, or better yet, call their toll-free number, 1-800-661-3030 today. So dealing with a debt problem goes far beyond just the financials. Um, Blair Manton wants you to know Sands and Associates is the best firm that you can choose at this point. They are BC's largest licensed insolvency trustee firm in the province, focused on debt help services for consumers, help thousands, obviously thousands of people get get out of from underneath their debt and really ultimately change their lives with that financial fresh, fresh start. So Blair's got some key messages of reassurance that he and his team want you to know. So do you want to start by telling us a little bit about Sands and Associates for anybody that doesn't know, a little bit about your history even? Yeah, certainly. So uh, used to be called bankruptcy trustees, but Sands and Associates is a firm of licensed insolvency trustees, and we're the people you should call when you need a plan to deal with your debts. So if you find yourself being stressed about your finances, not sure where to turn, don't know how you're going to be making these payments, or you're making all your payments, but you know you'll be in debt for decades to come, uh, a trustee is the best person you can reach out to to get a plan to get you back to owing nobody anything, to be able to have some financial goals in your future, uh, and to really achieve what you want to achieve on a financial basis rather than spending all of your money you know, on interest charges or things that just reoccur every month and don't get you anywhere. Uh, We were founded in 1990 um, in Sands & Associates. I'm proud to say we've grown to become BC's largest firm of licensed insolvency trustees. And all we do is help people and small businesses deal with tough debt situations. So we're not a firm that does 100 different things to 100 different clients. We're very, very competent, very experienced, um, and uh, we have a great reputation um, in helping people when they find themselves in tough situations. 
I also like the fact that that uh, Sands and Associates believes that money problems can happen to anyone at any time. It's it's really quite astounding to me over the years that we've been talking about this, Blair, that it's for sometimes for folks, it's just one thing that will trigger a whole host of other things. And before you know it, you're in this pit of debt and you can't figure out how to deal with it. And I like the fact that you know that going in. Absolutely, Elaine. You know, we're, we're committed to an approach of genuine care and empathy. So with each of our staff, our, our goal is to treat every client that, that reaches out to us as if they were a close family member going through a very tough time. What sort of empathy and support would that person want to feel? And that's what we aim to provide as much as we can uh, when we're dealing with our clients. And what we really want people to know is that they do have support. There's qualified solutions. Uh, they need to know where to find them. Uh, but there's absolutely light at the end of the tunnel. Um, you know, there's there's no debt problem that doesn't have a solution. That's what really gives me so much energy every morning is knowing I'm going to face a bunch of problems on clients in, in different client situations, but I've got the solution to solve those problems because Canadian law is so great. It's very well written. I don't calculate the government a lot, but they did a great job uh, when they wrote their insolvency laws because it really does give somebody a chance to literally turn their life around uh, in a quicker and often less expensive means than, than they thought possible. Um, you know, oftentimes what we do as insolvency trustees, you know, part of it is the numbers and it's understanding, well, you know, what can you afford to pay back and here's how the bankruptcy should be administered. Um, but what's really, um, you know, even more interesting and definitely more gratifying on a day-to-day basis is understanding what does it feel like to be in debt. So what's the current situation the clients are facing uh, when they pick up the phone or walk in the door? And it's oftentimes people are at one of the lowest points in their lives. And to be able to help them to suddenly start again, to rebuild that self-worth, um, to get back on track, you know, that could be just such a rewarding thing for myself and for my team here. And in terms of how it feels to be in debt, you know, no surprise to anybody, it doesn't feel good. And when we survey our clients every year, we do a very detailed um, survey over a period of a couple of months and release it to the media every year in January. Um, each year, it's very consistent. Over three in five people said the reason they knew they had a debt problem was because overwhelming stress had manifested itself and they just couldn't ignore it anymore. Uh, for two-thirds of people, self-esteem was suffering because of being in debt. Uh, in a similar proportion, their health was suffering. So, um, you know, stress isn't good for anybody at any time. And definitely we're understanding more and more how physically stress can manifest itself to the point of, you know, even even causing death in, in certain people. So uh, definitely dealing with the financial stress can often have really significantly positive physical impacts. Uh, and, you know, finally, as much as one in six people that reached out to us had said they had contemplated thoughts of suicide to deal with their financial situation. Again, for some, for a situation where we know there's a solution, we know people just need to reach out, to know that as, much, as many as one in six people just don't realize that uh, and really have some dark days and dark thoughts uh, just tells us we need to continue to do as much as we can to get the word out that empathetic and supportive debt solutions do exist. I'd, I'd like to keep talking about that part, Blair, because I think it's really important and is really significant for Sands and Associates in terms of how you and all of the staff in the offices uh, do your business and talk to people and support them and, and help them through this, the um, whatever situation. And I think the number one one that I've heard you say so many times is your your financial problems do not define you. And I think that is so embedded in people that it, that they believe it does. Um, and I think it comes from, you know, 
our parents and our parents' parents, et cetera, et cetera, you know, that have just sort of instilled that. But but it's not true, especially in today's um, landscape where, boy, oh, boy, things can change so quickly for folks. Yeah, it's, it's often, you know, it's a sign of a very moral person to want to honor all of your obligations and your commitments. And when you think about it, you borrowed the money, you made a commitment that you were going to pay it back. And it's not comfortable to be in a situation where you can't meet a commitment that you've made. And oftentimes, the more moral and upstanding the person, you know, the harder that they can really take that and it can really cause, you know, a significant hit to their self-esteem and a sense of self-worth. Um, so, so much of our meetings, especially at first, is just helping people really separate that, really understand that, you know, being in debt is a temporary situation. It's not a permanent state. You are not defined by being in debt now. Um, you know, if you're in debt five years from now, well, that's, that's a bit of a challenge. You didn't take the steps and that's going to start to define you, but don't let that happen, you know. Um, it's not a reflection of you of your character, you or your character. And quite often, being in debt is often not your fault. So one of my colleagues, uh, her name is Darlene, one of her uh, pieces of advice that she put on her bio, which I thought was great, is she says, financial difficulties are not a reflection of who you are as a person. They're only a symptom of something bigger that you may have no control over. And this really played out in our survey as well. As many as four out of five individuals, when we really drilled down, was, what's, the, what's the issue that caused you to have to file a bankruptcy or a proposal? Four of the five top main causes were illness, injury, or health-related problems not within your control, overextension of credit due to cost of living, outpacing income, generally not within your control. You're not con con controlling the inflation these days that's happening. Marital or relationship breakdown, oftentimes that can come without warning, and then job-related or job loss. So the vast majority of situations, when I sit down and I, and I, I hear an individual's uh, story of what they've been through and what they've done, Sometimes I can't find anything that they could have done different that would lead to a different outcome. And what they need to do is just start to forgive themselves a little bit for some of, you know, okay, maybe they could have tweaked a little thing here or there, but it wouldn't have resulted in a sea change to their situation. Uh, they need to be focused on what they can do now rather than judging themselves for, for their conduct in the past. Yeah, I think really good points, Blair. If we're already describing you or someone you know and you think uh, they could use a hand, uh, get them to give Sands & Associates a call. The, the phone number is 1-800-661-3030. Or if you want to check out their website, please do that. It's sands-trustee.com. Now, I wanted to move on a little bit, Blair, and talk about some of the things that Sands and & Associates and, and your estate managers want people to know when it comes mm -hmm. to asking for help. Yeah, absolutely. I think really top on that list is you do deserve to live with dignity. So just because you're in debt doesn't mean that you have to submit yourself to harassment, to being berated, uh, to feeling like a failure. Uh, being in debt can cause a lot of shame, a lot of self-blame, uh, but everyone is deserving of a financial fresh start. And regardless of, of any of your debt situation, you absolutely do deserve to be treated with and to live with dignity and respect. So we try to emphasize that right from the start, uh, that as humans, we've got certain things that, you know, just a base level of dignity and respect is just endemic to us. Um, and we want people to understand as well, you know, life goes on and you can and will move beyond this current challenge. So it can be really, really tough in the moment in the eye of the storm to think out, you know, two, five or 10 years and know that eventually all this shall pass. Um, but absolutely, as I've often said, you know, debt always has a solution. It's not something that's going to persist for your entire life. So you will be able to move forward. Excellent. What are a couple of other ones? I know you've got I've got a few more listed that we want to talk about. Yeah, I think just one uh, last quote that I would say here, it's from my colleague Raj, um, on, on his bio, again, one of his key pieces of advice that he gives is, we can't control what happened in the past, 
but we can help you understand where you're at today so you can move forward to your goals and your debt-free future. So the more that we can get away from really dwelling on all that's happened in the past, all that we could have controlled or not, uh, really focus on the future, focus on that plan, get behind it and get enthused about it, um, that's where we're going to have the real transformation, the real change, the turnaround in people's lives. Are, are people or most people surprised to learn um, the kinds of things that come with figuring out debt and debt management? Every day. Um, Elena, it's sometimes it's, I enjoy my job because I feel like I'm giving good news a lot of times that people didn't anticipate. So, you know, a lot of times people feel like they're the only person facing their situation. No one's ever been through it before. And people are quite surprised to learn, um, you know, in 2019, there were almost 140,000 people in Canada across the country um, who worked with a a licensed insolvency trustee to file either a personal bankruptcy or a consumer proposal. So somewhere between 100 and 150,000 people year in, year out in Canada do restructure their debts, and so you're definitely not alone. Um, quite often people are really surprised to learn um, that credit and debt borrowing, and credit ratings, how everything interacts is not how they, how they typically thought. Uh, and there's a lot of education in our counseling sessions about how credit ratings actually work, about how often keeping a perfect credit rating can be at the expense of your overall financial health. So I really enjoy that part of it, of helping people understand, you know, yeah, credit rating is a report card. You don't need to have A pluses at every stage in your life. And sometimes um, the right decision is to take a short-term hit to your credit report, restructure all the debt, and then be in a better position to save money in the future and rebuild the credit over time. So oftentimes people are very surprised to see, okay, we can have a strategy with our credit rating. It doesn't need to just be perfect at every stage. Excellent. And how straightforward are debt solutions these days? And how, you know, how do the processes that people can choose from actually work? I know you've got some good, good statistics on that. Yeah, well, for most people, they're very surprised to know how, how actually straightforward and easy it is to file either a bankruptcy or a consumer proposal. It's still something you don't go into lightly, but for 80% of people, they said if they knew how straightforward it was, they would have acted more quickly. So if you think it's a very difficult, convoluted process, it isn't. Um, and I think for another thing that people are sometimes surprised is when you're dealing with a licensed insolvency trustee, the, an LIT is not paid by commission, not paid by your creditors at all. So they really don't have a vested interest in you pursuing one option or another. An LIT is just an impartial um, an officer of the court, essentially, to help you understand what your options are and help you choose the right option to move forward. I'm going to give you the phone number again. It's 1-800-661-3030 to uh, get that first appointment. Sands-trustee.com is the website. You're listening to Dollars and Cents with Blair Manton from Sands & Associates, helping you get out of debt. So... How do you know which debt solution is the best one for you to take? You may already know that you need some help, but what's the next best thing to do uh, and uh, the next best action? So Blair Manton, BC Licensed Insolvency Trustee, works with folks across the province who are already looking for that better way to manage debts and getting guidance on how to move forward financially. So Blair's got some key aspects of, of how they assess a person's situation, as well as considerations when giving advice and evaluating different debt solutions. So Blair, can you tell us when's the right time to reach out to a, a licensed insolvency trustee? And then second to that, what are some of the common situations that people are facing when you hear from them these days? Yeah, certainly, Elaine. So. 
you know, essentially a licensed insolvency trustee is going to be your best ally when you find yourself in debt looking for a way out. A licensed insolvency trustee is absolutely someone who's going to be there side by side helping you get to that point where you owe nobody anything. If you're dealing with an LIT, licensed insolvency trustee, uh, you're getting someone who's a professional with unmatched expertise and experience. All we do is help people deal with tough debt situations were very qualified to do so. So it might be the first time you're facing something like this in your life and you don't know what the options are. The trustee that you're sitting down with has probably had a similar situation just a few times that day, uh, let alone that various months, years of experience that they build up. There's essentially no wrong time to get in touch with a licensed insolvency trustee. You know, a couple of real hallmarks of the people that phone us are if they're struggling to pay their debt, they're looking at the budget, and there's just not enough money to go around to keep everybody happy. They're unsure what to do about a debt. You know, maybe there's a debt that's been hanging around for a long time, they're not making progress, or something they haven't paid in a long, whole long time, and they're wondering, well, what do I really have to do with that debt? Um, or if they're just looking for a plan to get out of debt faster. You know, they're paying debt down, they're making all their payments, there's room in the budget, but they understand it's going to be 10, 20, or 30 years at this rate before they're actually going to be out of debt. Um, all of those types of factors can lead to a very productive discussion with a licensed insolvency trustee. And in those discussions, you know, it's in general, types of things that we'll talk about, it's not limited to, uh, but we're going to give you advice on common debt types like credit cards, income taxes, student loans. We're going to answer all of your specific concerns about specific debts, you know, whether it's a personal debt, a government debt, a family debt, or, or you know, from a large bank. Uh, we're going to answer all of your questions and then explain to you in detail, here's the suite of options that you have uh, to get out of debt. Some of them include working with a licensed insolvency trustee. Some of them are things that you can just do on your own. Uh, but we're going to give you clear calculations, clear plans on what you can do to go forward, a suite of options. You can choose to keep doing what you're doing, but at least you'll have the information to know uh, what the options are to get you out of debt as quickly as possible. I think it's really important, too, to remind people that in this country and in this province, but nationally, a licensed insolvency trustee is legally empowered, both federally and provincially, to help people with debt. And really, you're, I mean, while we get in, uh, bombarded with all kinds of ads and things about, you know, doing this and doing that, you guys are really it. Licensed insolvency trustees are really it in terms of legally being able to cover a whole bunch of areas that other people just can't. Absolutely, Elaine. And I wish as a profession, licensed insolvency trustees did a better job of telling that story. And that's why I'm so pleased we do the, um, the show on CKNW each week, because just people don't know that. But And they can sometimes flail about just not sure who to go to for help or think that no professional exists to help people in tough situations. And absolutely, we exist. We're here. We help people every day. And what really is gratifying to me um, is when I hear people say, you know, I had no idea, but then I learned about an LIT and I was so much better off. It stopped my suffering. And about two-thirds of people that we sit down with, they say they would have acted sooner if they just knew. If they knew trustees were out there, if they knew the options that were available, and if they knew things weren't as bad uh, in terms of the options of a bankruptcy or a proposal, then they might have assumed they would have gotten action, taken action sooner and been that much better off. Okay. Before we go on to the next question, I just want to throw in the phone number if you're thinking, okay, this is me. I need to do something about this now. This is the phone number for Sands & Associates. It's one 800 661 3030 or the website sands-trustee.com. So what are some of the main debt resolution options that you help people look at and figure out for themselves? 
Yeah, I think this is useful, and because I think people need to understand when you sit down with a licensed insolvency trustee, it's not a you know choose bankruptcy, choose proposal, and that's that. It's we're going to explore every option available to you and help you understand what's best in your situation. So you know, one of the first options we'll look at: well, can you just contact your creditors? Can you negotiate informally? Uh, perhaps you'll get a better result than you think. Um, you know, if it's just a personal debt to somebody, or um, you know, it's a debt to a bank where you've had a long-standing relationship, you might be surprised at what you'd be able to achieve if you just um, come to, to a creditor with a plan saying, you know, let's do a reduced interest, let's do some increased payments or decreased payments, whatever the circumstances would be. But oftentimes people neglect the idea of just going straight to their creditors and trying to see if they will work out some situation. It can work if the debts are low and there's some ability to make payments. If the debts are excessive and you've got multiple creditors, it can be a very difficult strategy. But one of the first things we'll look at is, you know, just contacting your creditors informally. What about the uh, the old debt consolidation topic? That always comes up. That's definitely one of the options to assess. And just about everybody that's in my office, they've tried that already. Usually it's the first thing that people do is, okay, I've got a bunch of debt to a bunch of people at high interest. Let me see if I can put all that together at a lower interest rate. Let me go to my trusty neighborhood bank and see if they'll give me a consolidation loan. Um, so it's an option that if you can qualify for it, it can save you some money. Uh, but a couple of hiccups here is first off, a lot of people can't qualify for a consolidation loan because if their credit is already pretty maxed out, um, they're depending on a bank to take a risk by paying off all of the other creditors. And then now you only owe a single bank. And what if you don't pay them back in full? That bank has taken a pretty significant risk. So it can be tough to qualify for a consolidation loan. Sometimes they want a co-signer, which is never a good idea. So talk to a trustee before you start co-signing debts that weren't already co-signed. Um, but a consolidation loan is where a lot of people start. They just try to borrow the money, but oftentimes they're either not approved or if they are approved, it's at a payment that is just very high. It makes it very difficult for the budget to work. And when it comes to advertising in, in all areas, we often hear about private debt counselors or credit counselors. How do how do I assess that if that's a good choice? Well, very carefully would be my my advice, um, <laughs> because just as I mentioned earlier, saying I wish trustees told, did a better job of telling our story. Trustees are outspent by a factor of probably five or ten to one by not for profit credit counselors, for profit credit counselors, debt advisors. So it's really not a level playing field. If you start to go online and look for you know bankruptcy assistance, sometimes the top hits that you see won't be licensed insolvency trustees. So they just can't afford to pay all that money for the keywords. What are the actual people that can help you? So definitely be careful as you assess if you're working with a private debt um, or a credit counselor. Um, there's a couple of different ways this can be structured. One can be a debt settlement where you'll make a lump sum payment, you know, maybe a third of the debt in one fell swoop. And if you've got that money kicking around, that can work for you, but it can be difficult to accumulate otherwise. Um, otherwise, oftentimes what a credit counselor will do is they'll negotiate payment in full of your debts, but they'll get an interest freeze and give you a term of up to five years to pay it off. So that might sound great, you know, $20,000, I paid off over five years, no more interest, that saved me a ton of money. But it might not be your best option because you might have been able to file a consumer proposal and instead of paying back that full 20000 you might be paying back six or seven or $8,000 and having a very similar, if not the same, credit rating impact. So be very careful if you're assessing options from a private provider because they might not be the best options available to you under Canadian law. You can only access those through a licensed insolvency trustee.
Yeah, really important. And, and uh, I, I can't stress that enough because I just think that's one of the most important things uh, to think about and or to know before you even start the process. And in wrapping up, we just got about a minute left in this segment. Um, can you talk about the best way for consumers to get in touch with a licensed insolvency trustee? You talked about just looking them up and they often don't show up at the top of the list uh, competing mm-hmm. for space with the credit counselors. Uh, but what's the best way to get a hold of you? Yeah, the best bet is to go online. Just go to sands-trustee.com uh, or give us a call at 310-0911 anywhere in the province. Uh, it's a free call. That's uh, a free consultation. And just one of the last things that we're going to talk about, too, just in the option, I know just a few seconds here, is a trustee is going to tell you if you could actually do nothing. If your mm-hmm. judgment proves there's a case that a debt just doesn't need to be addressed, we're going to help you investigate that and charge you nothing to figure it out. So all of the options will be evaluated when you're dealing with a licensed insolvency trustee. Yeah, that's great. That's great. I'm glad you included that. Uh, Sands-trustee.com, as Blair said, is the website. It's also, uh, you can make your appointment through the website. Also, there's just lots and lots and lots of good information, questions and answers to explain things a little more deeply, uh, if that will help you uh, to, t- to uh, take that first step. You're listening to Dollars and Cents with Blair Manton from Sands & Associates, helping you get out of debt. This segment's all about checking in on your personal debt, why you should and how to do that. It's a great segment to start looking for clues that maybe you could use some help. So do you know where you stand when it comes to your personal debt? When was the last time you checked in on your debt repayment plan? So we're going to talk with Blair, of course, licensed insolvency trustee from Sands & Associates, talking about some key factors to think about, consider when you evaluate your personal debt situation and why it's so important to do so. And let's start with that. Why do you think it's so important for people to do a personal debt check-in, Blair? I can't imagine it's the easiest thing for folks to take on, but you think it's pretty important. Yeah, I do think it's important, Elaine. You know, it's just like the regular checkup with your doctor, your dentist, your routine vehicle maintenance. You know, yeah, you can skip that stuff, but after a period of time, it's going to be pay now or pay later. And usually the pay later is a whole lot more expensive and painful. If you skip the maintenance, you just end up paying more in the end. And with your finances, it's so easy. It's very simple just to navigate on financial autopilot, you know, just to keep things happening the same way they were, make all your minimums, you know, don't look at the bigger picture. And it's the famous adage that if you don't know where you're going, any path will get you there. And if you don't Mm. set your financial goals very deeply, have a focus on them, you know, you're not going to be having the achievements that you could have over a 10 or 20 year period unless you've really got those goals set out. So it's really important to check in all the time to have your goals and see if you're trending towards them. And just to see also, you know, how are you feeling about your debt? Because from our experience, you know, that's the number one warning sign about debt. It's not, you know, a mathematical calculation is the same in everybody's situation. It's more, you know, are you feeling overwhelming stress about your finances? You know, sometimes it's physical, emotional, or psychological impacts. Are you having worry, anxiety, fear about money and your debt? Are you alienating yourself from family because you're embarrassed or stressed about spending on debt? You don't go out to things because you're worried about, you know, paying for them after, or you do go out and then you spend, you know, days being depressed after, knowing that what you put on the credit card you won't be able to pay off. Are you having arguments with your spouses, uh, with your spouse or other people in your life um, about your money, about spending or different things? And are you feeling frustrated or constantly worried about your debt? So if any of those boxes are being ticked, you'd benefit from having, you know, even just an exploratory discussion with a financial professional. It might be the case you're in great shape. You're just worrying about nothing, but you're going to feel a whole lot better having that validated. 
oftentimes the reason you're worrying is because something is telling you, you know, yeah, really, I'm not on a good path. Uh, I'm not going to be achieving my goals here. And it's time to do something different. And reaching out for that consultation can make all the difference and starting to sleep better at night and feeling good about working towards some financial goals. Are there some, you know, write down on paper kind of steps that somebody can take when they're when they're thinking about or wanting to do that personal debt check in? Definitely. There's a few really important things to encourage everybody to do. And some of these, you know, you should do them at least once a year or maybe twice a year. Uh, The first one, I don't think it would be a surprise to a whole lot of folks, but it's to check your credit history. So I don't recommend that, you know, you pay for the monthly credit monitoring. I don't recommend that you do this on a daily, weekly, or even monthly basis. But at least once a year or maybe even twice a year, it's well worth it to reach out to both credit bureaus in Canada. One's called Equifax. The other is TransUnion. They each have a credit report or credit history report on you. And quite often you'll find that are inaccurate, maybe not reporting appropriately. Um, or you might find that everything is just hunky-dory and it's just good to see that everything is, is out there and accurate. But be very careful because there's a couple different ways you can access your credit report. It's not going to ding your credit. When you check your credit, it doesn't put any marks against you. So if you've heard that, don't check your credit because it'll go down. That's only if you're going to various places trying to borrow money and they checked your credit. That's what's called a hard hit. But you checking your credit yourself is just a soft hit. It doesn't do anything to it. Um, But you can get your credit report either online from either Equifax or TransUnion. Um, They have various promotions at various times. Sometimes they'll give you free access, and I only encourage you to ever get it if it's free online. But by mail, uh, you have the ability to get a credit report sent to you, long-form credit report at least once a year just by sending away to each of the credit bureaus. And if you go to sands-trustee.com, down at the bottom of our homepage, there's a client resources page, uh, and we've got a link to the form that you send away to both credit bureaus, and they'll send you your long-form credit report and a form to correct any inaccuracies that might be on there. So definitely something you should do at least once a year, get your credit report from both credit bureaus. And, and what about your credit score, Blair? Is that an important thing to check? In a word, no. And this is pretty surprising to people, and I, I know that. <laughs> oh, my gosh, I've got an 800 credit score or 650 or it just dropped and all these commercials that we see. Oh, my score is down 20 points. What does that mean? It yeah. is the largest misdirection trick I think I've seen in years in the financial industry because each of the credit bureaus, the credit score that they calculate it's fictional. It's not used by any lender. Every lender is going to calculate their own credit score. It could be significantly different from lender to lender because they choose which factors they're going to put more or less weight on uh, depending on their business practice. So whatever you're getting, it's not going to be perfectly accurate and it can change very rapidly, even in the space of a month, depending on when your creditors actually report into the bureaus. If you're getting your credit score before they've reported or after they've reported in, it can be very different. So I encourage you, you know, if you're getting close to, you know, a mortgage um, or, you know, a car loan or things like that, okay, maybe sit down with the, with the creditor uh, and just figure out, okay, what are factors are important to them when they're going to calculate your credit score. But having this regular monitoring, having this three-digit number, it really doesn't have any basis in reality. So I encourage people not to focus at all on that credit score number. Okay. Listen, if, if you're already wanting to take some action and get a hold of Blair at Sands and Associates and any of his fabulous staff in, in all their offices throughout the province, 1-800-661-3030 is the phone number uh, if you've already got a sense that you want to you want a place to start. And, and that's what I suggest is that's the phone number to use to get a hold of them. What about checking in on your budget? Uh, I guess first thing would be to have a budget, I bet, mm-hmm. is what you might say. <laughs> 
that's generally a best practice. So if you <laughs> yeah. don't have a budget, uh, generally we recommend that, that you do so. And, you know, you don't, there's various iterations of a budget. Some people are really down to the penny. Some people, it's, you know, just some large categories of spending. But it's very important not only to have a budget, but where things tend to fall off is when you revisit that budget at the end of the month and put the actuals beside what you actually had planned. So if you've got a budget, but you're not revisiting that on a monthly basis and seeing did you track towards it or not, you don't really have a budget at that point. You're not really getting the benefit um, of doing all of that activity if you're not actually comparing actual to what you had planned. Um, and what often happens if you're not doing that comparison where the gap is created is in your savings. Savings is often the last thing to get done each month. And if you're not living within your budget, it's your savings that are often going to take the hit. So in the last couple of minutes here, when it comes to looking at our debts or, or my debts, what are some of the areas that I should be looking out for really closely? I think one of the really key things is to categorize your debt. And, you know, we can be a, a little bit lighthearted about it and call it, you know, the good, the bad and the ugly, but it's not that far off. You know, there are good debts. There's debt that you incur with the expectation of a future benefit. So something like a student loan, for example, you're borrowing that money because you expect your earning capacity is going to pay it off. That should be good debt. A mortgage should be similar to that as long as you haven't overpaid. Um, the bad debt is debt for things that have lost their value very quickly or maybe instantly. So, you know, just general consumption, you know, a night out or a vacation, you know, you might have really enjoyed it. But a non-essential credit card purchase where you're going to be carrying a balance, um, that's typically, you know, a bad debt. It's something you'd like to avoid. Um, the ugly is two categories here, payday loans or installment loans where the debts are the 39, 40, 50 percent, something so high or government debt. If you're facing either of those situations, you should get some professional help in the short term because the payday loan interest is going to keep you trapped in debt for quite some time. And if it's an amount owing to the government, uh, you could be very surprised how quickly and aggressively the government might start to take action against you. You want to be aware of what can happen and take some, some plans to forestall that if you can. And in the last couple of seconds here, Blair, I know you've got the best suggestion for anybody who isn't feeling very confident after they've done that check-in or they want a second opinion. Absolutely. It's reach out to Sands and Associates, connect with the licensed insolvency trustee for no charge, as little as, you know, 30 to 60 minutes. We're going to assess the whole situation, um, help you understand what you're dealing with and how you can move forward, have a much better financial future. The number again is 1-800-661-3030 to book your free confidential debt consultation. And you're listening to Dollars and Cents with Blair Manton from Sands and Associates, helping you get out of debt. You've been listening to Dollars and Cents. See you next time. The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.